to begin with. Hi everyone and welcome to That's Not Quite All Folks, a Lady Tunes podcast. I'm your host, Mark Halem Dickens, joined and, by... Uh... <laughs> and, <laughs> How do I even do a fucking Hollywood thing after that? Um, and, I, and I'm Jordan Smith. This is a movie episode that doesn't really feel like a movie episode because this doesn't really feel like a movie. But this is uh, a, num- a multiple of 10, and this is episode 90, and so we are covering a movie, but you see... Legally, <laughs> it's a movie. I mean, it's it's like King is Tweety, it? where like, is it a movie? Is it a contractual obligation? Is it crap? Yes, it it, it sort of is one of those. Um, uh, the, the movie we're covering today, um, uh, in... in this is May, and we figured it would be a very festive occasion if we decided to do Bah Humduck, a Looney Tunes Christmas. It's May. It's raining outside. Yeah, it's it is n- we are the farthest we could possibly be from doing anything Christmas related. But this is a movie, and it's chronology chronologically there, so we it's had to do movie. this. Yep. A far cry from back in action. Yeah. And we'll... <laughs> We'll but, I mean, but, other uh, than this being a Looney Tunes movie production, this is also a very interesting sort of Looney Tunes direct-to-video project. And it's one that comes at a sort of transitional point for Warner Animation and for the Looney Division. And it comes in between two very different periods. It comes in between a lot of the Duck Dodgers and the Baby Looney Tunes in that period, and it comes before, you know, the Looney Tunes show and what has become a pretty strong uh, Looney period of sorts. And this is right in the middle, where the Looney Tunes were beginning to try and find a new identity, and um, it shows. <laughs> this is very much a Looney mm-hmm. Tunes without a country, and um, they were at the mercy not of their own writers, but of... Um, production and what um warner really wanted for a holiday release and so this is a looney project that's less about the looney tunes and more about a christmas carol it's it it's it's looney in name only it is basically the um what's the name of that um muppets project that's more about those disney child stars and the muppets that would be Oh my god! Hard, 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 Because I know. Yeah, I know. I know you know what I'm talking you're about. This is your this pet is, issue. You're saying this is the Studio DC almost live. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So for, for those who forgot about that, because I love some of my stuff all the time. Um, that was Disney's. F- second attempt, because the first attempt was uh, Muppets Wizard of Oz, right? And that one was all right. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it got the job done. It released a Muppet Project when they bought him. But the second thing was Studio DC Almost Live. And the pitch was, we have Disney Channel stars. 
why don't we just cross them over with the Muppets? And on paper, that's that's fine. You know, you can probably do like a Muppet show-esque thing where it's like, yeah, it's like the Muppets doing a show and then Damon Lovato shows up. Mm. That's fine. But instead, what it was, and they did two of them, and they're not Disney Plus, <laughs> which is like one of the few Muppet things that, that has to be on a very short list of Muppet things Muppet fans don't want on Disney Plus. It's like like they would rather have the Chris Langham Muppet Show on Disney yeah, Plus than that. Yeah, yeah, and it's so what it, it turned out being was it was just a Disney Channel Star Showcase. That co-stars the Muppets. They're very much second banana. And look, there's some things in them that are good. Um, there's a Sweet Love Zion Cody send-up where it's like the Muppets meet that cast and it's like hijinks, which th- that was fine. But a lot of it was like, look at our, look at Selena Gomez. And here's Animal. So what you're saying is, to quote Esteban from Sweet Life, this is a disaster. Yes. Exactly. But now now what I find interesting though is I mean this is a full Looney Tunes project. Like they don't like shove in some guest star to be like the main lead of this thing. But um, But it's it's basically the, the the energy and this is what we're going to get into when we actually talk about the quality of the thing. The energy is more towards making a proper Christmas carol adaptation than it is making a uh, Looney Tunes project that Chuck and Frizz would be proud of. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. Um, but this is before we get into you know background and things. Do you have any nostalgia towards um, this project? Did you do you remember seeing this as a kid? Um, uh, we're talking about Bahambek and Naskudio uh, almost live, but uh, <laughs> no, I've I've locked those memories away. Oh, thank God. No. Um, no, I, I do remember this because this was a new Looney Tunes thing announced in the mid to late 2000s, yeah. which means we were starving and would take anything. Because, yeah, this was, it premiered in, and not to do ahead, but it did premiere around the Christmas season on Cartoon Network. I remember that being a very big deal yeah. on the playground. It's like, holy hell. Look at this. It's a new Looney Tunes thing. We got to watch this. Yeah. And I watched it. And some of the impressions I had back then are still true now. And some of them I completely forgot about that I had issues with. But uh, yeah. yeah. um, It's interesting. Because um, I think I caught it. I, I, when I, I did watch this, I think, either when it premiered or not too long after. Um, but I, I caught it midway through. And... I think that is the reason why this has always felt like a pretty long special to me. It's only 45 minutes. Um, but I, you know, it, it, it's, it felt like, okay, then there was more setup and everything, but no, it just, it, it, it kind of just drags. So yeah, I, I saw this when I was like, what, 11 or whatever. And I hadn't seen it six, but I thought that it was fine and it did some things kind of well. And it was, it was for, for better or for worse, a Christmas Carol adaptation. There's tons of Christmas Carol adaptations. There's really good ones, like Muppets Christmas Carol, and there's yeah. the rest. Yeah, this was this was never a special, a Christmas special that I put on every year. It just I watched it once, went, 
okay, it was nice to see the Looney Tunes again. I'm going to live the rest of my life now. And I did. Yeah. And I never thought about watching this ever again. Yeah. Until doing this show. Yeah, it, 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 it has that effect, honestly. And, I mean, yeah. <laughs> this it, is there's the, not much to this. I mean, we're, I mean really usually much. when we do movie episodes, for those of you who've stuck with us all 90 episodes, and thank you for those of you thank you, who've, thank you. who've done that, um, we like to make a big deal of these movie episodes. We like to talk about so much about the backstory and what went into it and what um, that ended up being. This one is going to be tough for us because I don't think there's a heck of a lot to say about it in general. It's very much just a Looney Tunes Christmas Carol adaptation. We've already even covered one of those in the Christmas special back in 2020. Um, but it, it it is what it is, and that's going to be a lot of our criticism for this one. Um, now, yes. Mark, one of the things that we were struggling with, or at least that you were struggling with going into this, was the lack of information about anything involving the genesis of this project other than it was released uh in the, you know for the christmas season in 20 uh, 2006 did you manage to find any information about this from any of our inside sources nope uh <laughs> no okay no i'm um, just andrea romano is the voice director this was her last Lunatune production until until her retirement. Right. Um, Bob Bergen really liked recording this, and we'll get into probably why because it's a pretty. pretty it's a good very substantial role for Porky, and it's the beginnings of how they would use Porky as not only a you know and not only a great foil for for Daffy and for other performers, but also just the voice of reason in a lot of these projects like i don't know like in in especially in um uh looney tune show i i found porky being a sort of level-headed foil for a lot of people as well as being just a very you know sensitive and you know varied character himself and i think that maybe you could see a little bit of the beginnings of that in duck dodgers the series but you can definitely see the beginnings of sensible, sensitive, relatable Porky sort of come up here. Yes, and speaking of Looney Tunes projects, shall I go into where the Looney Tunes were around this time? Well, you know, you can. I mean, I talked about it a little. You know, it's after Duck Dodgers and after uh, Baby Looney Tunes. So, by this point in 2006, uh, the Looney Tunes were no longer the IP powerhouse they were in the late 90s and enough. early 2000s. Um, as we discussed in Back in Action and in our 04 Shorts episode, the Looney Tunes fell heavily out of favor for some reason that no one has understood. Yeah. And just to put into perspective where we were in 06, the most recent Looney projects up to that point were, you know, yes, I Duck Dodgers, but also the second season of Lunatics Unleashed. Oh, yes. That, yeah, so... That the CW now had on their hands. Yeah, and um, in terms of home media stuff, I mean, yes, we had the Looney Tunes Golden Collection Volume 4. Drink. Drink. And we got the home media releases of Animaniacs and Piggy and the Brain. Very good. But that was about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, it, again, we we were starving. <laughs> we really did dance. Yeah. We were struggling. We're like, oh, God, give us something. And yeah, this and is what we got. <laughs> This is what we got, and 
as we discussed, there's not a lot of real backstory on how this was developed, why this was developed. Um, it just sort of showed up midway through the 2006 season. And um, now, um, <laughs> this was released um, on October 31st, 2006. So this was released on Halloween. A Christmas special released on Halloween. Already, you can see a few tactical errors in the rollout of this project. In October? Yes. I got November. Oh, wait. Yeah, I had October. Oh, so on Wikipedia says it came out November 14th, 06, but the Lean Tunes Wiki says it came out October 31st, 2006. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> that oh. was what I was going by. Fuck. All right. Um All right, so we have two different so what I think is what I think happened is I went for the home video release and I think that Mark went for the TV premiere. Yeah, sure. I I don't know anymore. Yeah. Like what but a weird thing to have It's funnier if you go with like... mine where it's like, okay, they put this out on Halloween, a Christmas movie. Um look, I'll I'll, I'll do my um on this day stuff first cuz right, go ahead. Um uh October 31st 2006 on this day Bob Barker host of the Price is Right announces his retirement. Uh in 2007 he, uh, the job would be taken over by Drew Carey. He's held it ever since. He's done a pretty good job. Um in theaters were great movies such as The Prestige, The Departed and Pan's Labyrinth. Number 1 song in the US was Moneymaker by Ludacris. You know, solid stuff all around. And for my date on November 14, 2006, Casino Royale, the 21st mm -hmm. James Bond film, premiered in London. Yeah, great movie. Yeah. So, um, Baham Duck was directed by Charles Visser, who also co-directed uh, Tweety's High Flying Adventure, written by Ray De Laurentiis. Voice cast is all the usual players you'd expect from this era of Looney Tunes. Joe Alasky is Daffy and Sylvester and Tweety. Um, Billy West is Bugs and Elmer. Bob Bergen is Porky and Speedy, and we'll get to that confusion for some in a little bit. Jim Cummings is Taz. June Foray is Granny. Maurice LaMarche is um, uh, Pepe. And Tara Strong is several other female characters. It's, it's the usual players. They're doing the usual things with a few... Very minor exceptions. Yeah. Oh, the next thing, really quickly, I mean, I, I, I know we shouldn't, you know, throw shade at writers on the show, but um, no. Ray, De, Ray De Laurentiis, interesting career, uh, worked on American Dragon Jake Long, which, okay. Okay. Shaggy and Scooby-Doo get a clue. Okay. And The Fairly Odd Parents. Okay. The later seasons. Okay. That's all. That's all. <laughs> You're like, the fairly odd Which parents. ones? Do you mean the poof years, the sparky years, oh, or the you have oh, to right. share years? Yeah, there's like three fucking errors. Oh, God. I think... I think... Or the we're outsourcing all of our animation to one guy south of the border years. Because <laughs> uh, that's happened with the new one. Pretty much, yeah. 2011. So I believe 2010... Anti-poof. So he so came the... in during the poof years. Okay. And, yeah, so he came in around the poof years and then really wrote a good amount during the uh, the Sparky years and eventually the uh, Chloe years. Okay. 
So you know, lovely. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. And and for the record, I stopped watching that show right around the the end of the poof years because oh yeah, again, I mean, wish out wishology should have been the finale. They didn't have should've. to add more gimmicks. Um, you know. And the creator's a horrible person. Anyways. Yeah, fuck Butch. Um, okay. Do we have any other backstory before we actually get into analyzing this movie? Let's get into it. All right. So let's let's spin a Halloween tale of uh, a movie that's supposed to be out in the Christmas season, but instead came out on Halloween. <laughs> that's never not going to amuse me. Happy Halloween. Here's here's snow. Says the podcast recording the Christmas episode in May. Anyway, yeah, we're not much better, but um, <laughs> whatever. Um, All right. So I was caught off guard right off the bat by the surprisingly dramatic tone to the opening music and opening credits. Like instead of having some you know usual loony music or some Randy Regal stuff. We're just, we just have like this wondrous winter stuff going in with some Christmas uh, carols mixed in. And I'm like, what kind of tone are we going for right after that? something that that's surprising is how usually like with a, a score like this you think oh are they gonna sing some christmas carols there are no singing there's no singing in this well there's brief singing as part of dialogue but yeah like, part of dialogue the but... good part about this movie is it's not a musical yeah. i really enjoyed that because i was fearing it would be but it's not oh it's were not you fearing musical. that they'll that they're going to bring in songs from their Looney Tunes Christmas album that was recorded either before this special, right before this special, or sometime after? No, the, the Elmer Fudd would start singing Fool on the Hill when it would be a whole ordeal. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that as much as I want to right now. No. Um... <laughs> the speaking of um, Elmer and uh, Billy West... Um, Billy West is back as, uh, as Bugs. Yeah. He, he's our narrator. Yeah, he's Bugs and Elmer, mostly Bugs. And, um, you had some thoughts about his Bugs, right? <laughs> yeah, this is something that, as a, it's an, as a kid around this time, like, I got really into, like, voice actors and stuff. So, you know, I knew that Billy West voiced Bugs in Space Jam. I'm like, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I heard that he's coming, he's coming back. It's been a, a minute since he did Bugs, you know. Futurama, busy and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, right, hell yeah, Billy West back up as Bugs. And the second Bugs pops out and starts speaking, I go, uh, I went as a kid and now. Oh. It's not as good. Listen, listen. I, I know I know. we come off sometimes as like anti-Billy West for some reason. We really like Billy West as a voice actor. Yes. We Let's do. make that 100% clear. We love him on Futurama. I like him as Ren and Stimpy or, or Stimpy. The man is versatile. Not only that, but he is one of the rare neurodiverse voice actors in the biz right now. He wears it on his sleeve. He loves the fact that he gets to voice all these characters. Seems like a relatively cool dude. 
Um, I'm a fan of his. I like when he shows up in places. Yeah. Um, but his bugs is not the best bugs of the bunch. Tis the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la. Merry Christmas, everybody. I know rabbits are normally associated with Easter, but me, I'm all about the winter holidays. If you ask me, there's no better time to come out of your own little hole and celebrate the spirit of giving with everybody you see. And it's all right here. I, I, again, like in Space Jam, I don't think I'm as harsh on his bugs as you are. It is all right, but it is still very clearly Billy West doing bugs and not, you know, bugs. Maybe this was like, maybe this was like backward revenge, you know, because of having him back in action. Maybe so yeah. it's like, ah, I get bugs this time, Joe. Fuck off. <laughs> well, again, Joe's bugs isn't that bad, for the record. Yeah, so, I know. You know. I mean, his Daffy obviously is superior, so. Yeah. And to be fair, his Daffy and his Sylvester are still spot on in this, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, getting into the actual content here, if you can call it that, um, the whole conceit of this special is that Daffy is a wealthy CEO of a department store in what town? We don't know. (laughs) No. No, We're not exactly shown what town this is or where we are or what exactly is going on. The only real location that we're really in around this time is this department store. The floor of it, the upstairs suite of it. Um, Daffy has all this money and, and the entire first actor, really the entire first two actor, really most of the special, he spends berating his staff and treating them like absolute nothing. And... Yes, I understand that in order for this to work as a Christmas Carol adaptation, you need to have him be cruel for, you know, the first act. But the first act, (laughs) and we'll get into this when we get into the real structure of this, but like, we have our sort of first act doing this, and then he keeps going, and he keeps continuing to not understand. Now, on one hand, that is Daffy. Daffy will not understand something even after the point has been made. But in something that is so lawfully trying to be a Christmas Carol adaptation, it sticks out more that he's not understanding and shoving the the plot into more directions than it should be going to. Yeah, it Daffy in this, because he's like this throughout the entire thing, I think Daffy's so Scrooge air quotes in this is actually meaner than any other Scrooge. Because, like, yeah. Scrooge, Carol, Scrooge, even with the three, three ghosts, not just the ending, just throughout the entire story, he begins to learn. He begins to adapt. He yes. begins to, okay. With, with this, Daffy's, Daffy's mean the entire time. He refuses to learn. Exactly. Even with the first two ghosts, he's like, ah, I'm not convinced yet. And which really just pins it all on the third ghost. When the, and then when the third ghost is just Taz, and he's not really doing a heck of a lot, just here's your grave, and, you know, you die alone or whatever. Like, we'll get, I mean, again, we'll get to that when we get to that. But, like, yeah. it feels like it happens not because Daffy actually intrinsically changes, but because we've got five minutes left in the special oh, to go. Oh, God. Okay, there's a there's a line near the beginning of this that I also, like, agree. It's like, why, why, why are we doing this? But we'll get there when we get there. So, uh, so Daffy comes to his big superstore, riding a 
freaking segue. And this is where we get one one of the pluses about about this movie is there's a lot of Looney Tunes here. And I, oh I, yeah, like the first like, we see Playboy the Penguins here. Playboy the Penguins actually homeless. Um, or is it like the other cartoons he's been in, where his lack of explaining leads to a wacky misunderstanding? He's not actually homeless. He was just walking by to his apartment in Hoboken. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I like Ape Ball Bunny now, so it's, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is. <clears throat> and, and, and then we get this, this, essentially this little scene with Playboy and Penguin, and, um, you know, it's like, oh, well, look, an ATM. And then Bugs just speeds right in, like, hey, that's not a nice dog. Where's your Christmas spirit? Okay, I don't yeah. know what's up with Bugs in this. It seems so hollow. Like, okay. Yeah. Bugs being a fan of Christmas. Makes sense. He can be a fan of Christmas. That's okay. But it's just... It's a bit much. You know, it's like, Bugs, okay. Yeah. Bugs' job in this is to speed the plot along. Yeah. Bugs does this very... Not very, not very, you know, genuinely. And not even in a sort of... There's not a lot of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We know we're doing this sort of jokes in this. Right. This is yeah. very at face value. This could and have used an... A- Animaniacs writer, honestly. It could have used, like, yes! a stoner or, like, someone to be like, oh, oh we, we can be genuine, but let's actually, let's play yeah, with Tom this a little Ruger. bit. Or something. Yeah. Like, get someone in there yeah. to, like, well, we should probably make some jokes about how we're doing this. It's kind of yeah. silly. You can't just play it straight with the Looney Tunes. You never play anything straight. Oh, okay. They play something straight. Like, that, uh, what's Opera Doc, the ending of that. But, but even then, you're not expecting it. Um, but okay, there's the beginning of this is just lots of Looney Tunes characters about the store, and you get lots of different deep cut people, and like like uh, there's outside caroling is uh, I think Petunia Pig and Egghead and some Looney Dog and Egberts, Egbert. I always call him the Egghead. The Foghorn Leghorn thing that we're still sticking <laughs> by that we're not doing a fucking episode on him. I don't care if Yeah, we're not shorts. doing an Egbert episode. We're not doing a fucking Egbert episode. I'm cursing yeah. a lot this episode for some reason. I don't know why. Anyways. Okay. This is more than that bad. Also, um, also Charlie Dog is a puppy in this. Right, it's cute. okay. That's cute. Very cute. I like that. Uh, one of the things that I did notice, even though I have a lot of problems with the writing, every once in a while you get a really good line of dialogue. Like... When, when Petunia and Egbert and the gang try caroling on Dis- Daffy's properly, I like Daffy's line of, that's an interesting spin on trespassing, pandering, and illegal solic- solicitation. Um, <laughs> some of these add, uh, there's an edge to a lot of these lines. A very mid-2000s writerly edge that De Laurentiis adds without remembering to be a decent Looney Tunes writer. Um... But yeah, the first part of this special, the first third of this before anything supernatural shows up, is just things happening without a plot and trying to do as many loony things as possible in a short amount of time and just things moving humor, really. Yeah. Just a lot of things in the store moving, people getting into wacky circumstances and getting blown every which way and just lots of shenanigans in a short period of time in order to establish some of the world and keep the kids entertained. 
And while we're doing this, we have, you know, Daffy going around the store yelling at his employees. Like, he's yelling at Elmer, like, hey, wake up! What are you sleeping on the job for? Goes by Marvin the Martian, who is seen, like, plussing up the, the um, these pig dolls, which I wrote here, um, well, this is the closest we're gonna get to a Muppets Looney Tunes crossover. The pig dolls looked like, um, look like the, the, <laughs> no, no, they look like the, um, you know, the, 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 the new pig girlfriend they cast for Kermit in, uh, the, the Muppets ABC show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course I know. The one that, the one that kind of looks like Natalie Dormer. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, but um, <laughs> what was I saying after insulting a genuinely good-looking actress? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So there's that. Like, you know, Marvin's like, "Oh, I wish I could go to my home planet of Mars." It's like, ah, and they're like, ah, stop, stop that, dreaming and stuff. Cut that out. And then, and then goes by Speedy. Where... Was voiced by Bob Bergen. And you can tell. Yes, because it sounds quite a bit like his porky voice. Oh, Merry Christmas, Senor Doc. Or if they say in my country, Feliz Navidad. Again, no disrespect. Um, But maybe you should, maybe Warner Brothers should really leave that character to, you know, Mexicans. (laughs) Or Hispanic actors. They wouldn't figure that out for another three years, so I, I can yeah, so I, I give them a pass, but yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, so, and um, and we get some bits with, with like with like Porky's trying to get his boss's attention, and and um, okay, so tell me this reminds you of anything? There's then a sequence when Porky gets on a skateboard and skates throughout the store, causing oh yeah. Uh, Damage and mass hysteria. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Are we just ripping off other character-oriented Christmas specials now? I saw this already. Goofy did it in Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. I thought you were going to say that um, Porky picking up a skateboard with some of the leftover Be Extreme notes from the uh, Tweety's High Flying Adventure people. <laughs> <laughs> he has Maybe. to get on a skateboard. I mean, same director, so maybe it was. Um, but um, one of the few little gags in this entire sequence that I kind of liked. Um, actually, no, there's two I want to point out here. One is um, uh, Pepe Le Pew being stopped by um, Daffy, uh, who's about to basically just throw himself on Penelope, trying out perfume, and he has a good line. Hey, Casanova, that's not what I meant when I said woo the customers. That's a good line. And then in one of the bits where Daffy gets thrown around, or, or it might be Porky being thrown around the entire thing, and you see things flying up in the air, uh, what was with the random shot of those two fish holding each other for dear life when Porky I crashed no into idea. things? I want their story. What's with those two fish? Were they waiting on a martini from the dog baking a martini? Were they just waiting... For the in- inevitable Chuck Jones, uh, Ted Geisel adaption of One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. Oh, I think I know which Looney Tunes characters they are. They're oh, those random oh. singing fish from yes. Daffy's first cartoon. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Throwing it all the way back. Episode Woo. two. Yeah! Um, <laughs> so, and then of course, I, ha- I have to ask, 
Why is there a five-second shot of Porky's ass in lingerie? <sighs> to quote Tom Servo, don't linger on that shot. <laughs> kiss me, it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, kiss my ass. Um, yeah, it's a lot of just things happening and things moving around. And the entire first bit of this is so kids don't fall asleep. Because nothing of note plot-wise is really happening. It's just very much like, you know, hey, look at this, and now this is happening, and now... Isn't there a Christmas Carol thing supposed to be happening? Yeah, there, there is supposed to be. And we kind of haphazardly stumble into this. So, Daffy gets thrown around to a point where his Christmas tree falls down... And, you know, and then, you know, Bugs comes up like, hey, hey, what's up, duck? And we get this bit where, you know, Bugs is chomping on a candy cane. Daffy's like, get the pay for that. It's like, oh. Yeah. Bugs like, oh, if you. And so what I love is, I love, like, Daffy, like, takes the candy cane away from Bugs. And then Bugs just tugs on Daffy's tie just to, like, mess, like, to get So I don't think this is Bugs demonstrating his his uh power over Daffy. Just like yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I we we may not be as prevalent anymore, but I will choke you if you think you're gonna be number one. Give me that candy cane back, goddammit. it! Oh, <laughs> it, it, again, the, the little things that they show us with the Bugs and Daffy dynamic in this, and it's not a lot, but there's a lot of little moments in here that really just, you know, that they do have the strength of that dynamic and it, and it exactly. is very strong throughout this. Yeah, and I love just the, just the moment of Bugs going, well, I have to buy for my extended family. Oh, you mean the extended <laughs> family you're still seeing from back in action? Yeah. It's been like three years, he's still he's still seeing a bunch of people. It's why he isn't showing up. Look, his in-laws are, are really needy. So... <laughs> Jeez. This is a round where Bugs once again takes it out himself to put the plot in motion himself and say, like, you know, hey, if you don't do this, like, you know, you're basically literally put, pointing out flagrantly for the young audience the themes of Christmas Carol. Like, hey, you're not giving your employees enough things. Maybe it's time for you to change your ways so Listen. that three ghosts don't come and scare you. <laughs> It's you know what the, that voice is. I just realized it. It's what? you ever seen the SNL sketch where it's a town hall meeting and it's and yeah. it's all these yeah. different people complaining and then one of them is Keenan Thompson doing a really goofy voice and like a, like a yeah. Halloween enthusiast like oh it's just me scary yes. scary yes. Lars yeah I wanted to advertise my parade of ghouls and goblins down Main Street uh, <laughs> and so also. Just the line from Bugs. Listen, Doc. Bad things happen to people who mess with Christmas. Really? Really? <laughs> really? Really? Bugs, you're better than that. But, um, but, but but Daffy really... He's not... Look, it's a date for Christmas. They Daff, Daffy hasn't announced that he's going to mess with his employees or have them work during Christmas. Yeah, but, you gotta jump in the gun yeah, there, Bugs. A little like, bit. like, like, like. What if Daffy? What if Daffy was actually thinking of giving his employees Christmas off? Then he heard your comment, went, "Oh, I can really mess Christmas. Watch this." <laughs> yeah, that'd be a little bit better. That would actually give these characters. 
Although I do like, because in this scene, um, you know, it's it's you know, I'm not afraid of any ghosts, uh, but I, I I'm not afraid of anything. Well, that's not true. I'm afraid of low profit quarterly productions and personal intimacy. Again, <laughs> okay, that's Gaffy good. versus good. personal intimacy. That film would have been great. <clears throat> he has to go on dates despite being afraid of personal intimacy. The first animated rom com. Let's do it. Let's do it. Come on, yeah. Easy. <laughs> Please. And there could be Porky in the same role as the even keel best friend. It would just be a hitch. <laughs> Careful. Careful. <laughs> Keep my wife's name out of your mouth. Edward Mark's gonna have fun with this one. Okay, so. But. Yeah, no. And then we have another Daffy getting hurt gag here. You see, these don't work if they're just throwaways. If they're just end scene endings. Where uh, we we linger on Daffy tied to a bunch of live wires getting repeatedly shocked for ten seconds. Uh, I think it was trying to be Sideshow Bob and the Rakes, but it was just strangely excessive rather than funny excessive. Yeah. Um... And then as Daffy's trying to go back to his office, he's stopped by Porky yet again. And we get we, we get a bit more of Porky's um, arc where, you know, he wants to spend more time with his daughter. And he, he wants um, to afford the new pig doll that was in all the... It was in stock. And, you know, he wants to make enough money to do that. And because of the low wages, uh, he, he doesn't. And... Daffy suggests he stop eating to afford this, and Porky said he already kind of has. Then how do you explain the big fat gut, Porkchop? Uh, uh, I'm a pig. I'm a pig, sir. <laughs> you said it, not me. Again, the dialogue does work in some points. Um, but yeah, no. You said this to me before we went on. These characters will flagrantly and clearly say aloud the things they really want most so that they can get them in the third act. Um, yeah. These... Kids don't get subtlety yet, so they have to literally point them out to the audience. We then get shown at Daffy's office, which, okay, gotta admit, it's a nice-looking office. I like the art design here, because it's just classic... What's with Looney Tunes and classic paintings? Because it's it's classic paintings, but it's Daffy in there. They're fun to to animate, apparently. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. They're they're like, Daffy has the thinker, and Daffy has Mona Lisa, and Daffy, like, it's fun. There's a bit where he's saying, you know, profits are good, but we could do better. Oh, no, it's Wonder Woman Woman 1984. (laughs) Ooh. And then we get Sylvester as Jacob Marley. Which, to be honest, this scene's actually pretty well done. Um, because, again, this is more focused on being a, a proper Christmas Carol adaptation than it is being a really loony project. And, of course, it's basically, you know, as he, as Jacob Marley is in the story, where Sylvester is warning Daffy that three spirits are going to haunt him tonight. And I, I do like the comedy da- uh, detail of <laughs> Sylvester meeting his device when a disgruntled employee squaffed me with a forklift. Nine times. Yeah. That's what I thought. Nine times? Nine times. <laughs> um, and again, I said this before, but Joe Alaskey's Sylvester voice is still awesome and still one of his best ones. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty proper scene and a pretty proper Jacob Marley intro. Um, and then you'd think, okay, 
You have this Jacob Marley scene. Okay, fine. Christmas Carol things are going to start. And just when you think the actual Christmas Carol bit is going to get started, we're back to more another act of Daffy mistreating his employees. Sure, we needed more of that. And just, I do love the line from Bugs. Oh, me too. I, this is my favorite line. Ask the guy piece. in the helmet if he knows of any cheap skates, and he sent me up here. Okay. <laughs> And it's basically a throwaway. You're supposed to not realize what's going on. It's like, oh, wait. Oh, that's, that's great. That's good. That's good. That's a wonderful line. Yeah. Oh, also, also, that just, like, threw me off. Then Bugs leaves, and he does, like, a dance out of the office or something. I, I have no idea what damage we're doing. It's just, and then Bugs does a funky little mm. walk out of the office, sure. Yeah. And, but, yeah, it's more of people like Marvin and Elmer and, you know, basically saying clearly what they want. Again. And it's filling time. I didn't think a 45-minute special would need to fill time, oh, but that's what it's doing. Oh, there's even more. It's not just repeating what the characters want. We also have uh, – i here. Str- stretching out the runtime with, we need more gags in this. How do we get more gags? Um – the Roadrunner delivers a gift that's a remote that unleashes arms that can be used for slapstick? Sure! Because uh, that's what That happens. didn't go anywhere. Yeah, right. like, Daffy is so selfish. He has no one, no one loves him, so he bought himself a gift that, like, controls his office via remotes. And it's whatever. Yeah. But what I do find funny is, um,. So when they're doing this, you know, like, oh, like, Elmer wants to go home because he's tired. They have to have Elmer be tired or else he would just get his shotgun and go all duck season on his boss. Like, listen, duck, you don't give me the... (laughs) Hey! Don't don't we have no, no guns permitted in my stores? We're in Texas. Well, it is a major department store. They think they sell guns. <laughs> it turns out, and, and no one knows this. It turns out that his his, his um his store is in Texas. You just go right in. <laughs> yeah, it's snowing in Texas. Very good. Um, sure, but uh, um, yeah, no, it's it's more of this. And, and yeah, there's lots of wasted time on this theme. Lots of it. And after a while, I was like, okay, we get it. Daffy Duck's a terrible boss. He needs to change his ways. Whatever. Fine. Sure. Move on now. And before we actually get more Christmas Carol things, we, you know, because obviously and everybody goes home and he tells them that they have to come back in at 5 a.m. the next morning and work all of Christmas. And, you know, it's, it's awful and it's, you know, it, it shouldn't be happening. But... That night, he ends up being snowed in with bugs. And, like, first of all, it's not exactly explaining why exactly sex sticks around other than to screw with Daffy. But, like, that in itself, you know, Daffy being stuck in his building with bugs for an entire night, that it also would have made a great movie. Screw the Christmas Girl stuff. Just a Christmas buddy comedy as they try and get out. That would be great. Yeah. And there's only one little sequence in here that demonstrates it could have been really funny, but it's just that one little sequence near the end of it. But um, Oh my god, yeah. Believe me. <laughs> I have good things to say about that. So, by this point, 
We're just under half of the special left to go. This is around like minute 23 of this thing. Yeah. Where now we're going to do a Christmas Carol. And what I love about the Bugs and Daffy dynamic is there is a line in here that I don't think fits Daffy at all where Daffy's yelling at Bugs like da da da. And Bugs goes on this thing saying like, listen, I'm the Christmas connoisseur. I know everything about Christmas. It's his special interest, if you will. So, yeah. it, it, I'll stop at Christmas. And Daffy, and Daffy just goes, he has like an axe or something. And Daffy says to Bugs, Say one more word and I start splitting hairs. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> That's not how Daffy would work. D- D- Daffy would, not Daffy really. would never be the one to start hurting Bugs. Only if it's a way to prevent himself to not get hurt. The Hunting Trilogy. Daffy doesn't want Bugs to get killed. He's doing all this so that he himself, Daffy, does not get blasted. There isn't a threat to kill Bugs that's not in his character. No. Again, if you had actual loony writers, you wouldn't get these sort of problems. There is something very funny to me in this sequence of Bugs just coming in with a turkey. (laughs) He's just amused to be there. Something very future Am-esque about that, honestly. (laughs) Like, and she's like, yes. Yeah, so as soon as he shuts the door, Daffy's like, the, the Turk from Turkish. What the, 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 like, he's still thinking about it. Like, where's the Turk? in Mexico. So, where do you think Daffy got all this money from? By the way, was it from Cubish? I was gonna say, <laughs> J.R. Cubish maybe had something to do with it. Oh, good! The vault from Quackbusters came back for this. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to get a random Looney Tunes theme to help us out there. <laughs> um. So, yes, finally, uh, after he's locked himself in his vault to get the hell away from bugs, finally Christmas Carol things start happening. Uh, Granny and Tweety are the ghosts of Christmas Pass. Uh, I like Daffy's line. Uh, a silver-haired septuagenarian and a sparrow? How scary could they be? Well, to answer your question, Daffy, most neoliberals are terrified of him. They make sure he never would in the primaries. But, um... <laughs> but, yeah, of course, you know, the drill. It's it's Granny slapping him with a... with a, uh, the, Something. The end of her cane? With, no. with, with like, I, I, think it, I think it's a candy cane or a wine. Yeah. Slapping him with a candy cane uh, repeatedly, which, only, which, you know, wears out his mileage eventually. God damn it, I'm watching a Christmas Carol thing... Seeing Granny whomping Daffy on the head with a candy cane, it just has me going, well, now I just want to watch Scrooge. That's what you're doing to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens in Scrooge. The first, that's her whole thing. That's how she, that's how the, the, the Ghost Christmas Past sends Bill Murray to the past. He just whomps him and that sends him back. <laughs> yeah. Scrooge is yeah, great. Funny. Scrooge is funny. I like Scrooge. Yeah, no, it's a pretty good movie. No, no real qualms against it. I have no worry for some reason. I don't know why. Anyways, hmm. so yeah, so this is this is like the one scene come right here. That's the. It's like the one scene that I've seen online. This is the one that keeps getting brought up in like the animation circles because of. Well, the... I can see why, honestly, yeah. because you know. Daffy's backstory at the orphanage is a genuinely good reasoning for him being so stuck up, and it's handled honestly pretty well. It's very cute. Yeah. It's the most wholesome Daffy Duck moment, and also, it's his baby um, Looney Tunes design, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, it is. Which is a, a, a fun little throwback. 
But because this is for kids, Tweety basically spells out the themes to us in case people have trouble figuring out for themselves. Instead of having things sort of, you know, we can figure out, you know, instead just makes it very clear for us. So, womp womp. Which, it's a Christmas carol. It's it's not that dense. You know, it's pretty easy to... Yeah. But I also, I like the little gag of Daffy trying to use the time-traveling ghosts to bet on the horses and get more money. <laughs> and I also really like Tweet says Daffy, so what have you learned from this? Daffy, that life is cruel and the only way to get through it is to be as selfish as possible? Okay, that was funny. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, You know, so this, you know, he winds up back in, 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 his, in his place, in his tower. And get a very forced that was despicable. Yeah, they need to very get that line forced. in there. You get in there. Well, there's also a lot of of rend, uh, renditions of him just saying Baham Duck because that's the title. So, you know. Yeah. And I think there is another Bugs interlude here of um I think like Bugs on the intercom saying your 2 a.m. appointment is here and it's yeah. I did laugh at the sudden entrance of Sam as the ghost of Christmas present. Mostly because fitting Sam into any... Yeah, just... <laughs> fitting Sam into any unfitting role is already a funny enough concept. Like, okay, fine. He's the ghost of Christmas present. It's Yosemite Sam. Sure. Yeah, and it's um, Maurice Lamars as Yosemite Sam in this. Yeah, he does a good Sam. In, yeah, he, he was there in Tasmania. He's good here. Yeah. And... <laughs> Okay, so did you want to bring... Is it around here that that happened? <laughs> All right, so I want to bring this up. Okay, so... I was looking for it, and I didn't see it. It's... So... Our... What was it, the buffering? Because it was buffering when it paused at the moment? I, I, I think it was that, but, like... We're watching it online, because... It's hard to find online. I think it's on the Boomerang streaming service, but I'm definitely... If you know where to look, it's, it's not that hard. But, yeah. Yeah. And the source we found, at least the one I was wa- I was watching, there's a moment where Sam just picks up Daffy and drops him, and <laughs> for a brief, my screen buffered, and it's just, it's Sam, and his arm is in a very particular position. <laughs> if you know your world history, you probably guess what that position is. And I sent it to Jordan going, you know, this shit. (laughs) You know, (laughs) somehow that might even be, that might not even be the the oddest thing I caught um, in the background or just without even meaning to this special. (laughs) And that's coming very soon. That's coming very soon. But yes, you have a a Sieg Heiling Sam, which I'm surprised (laughs) wasn't the name of a Looney Tunes cartoon. I'm Seek Island Sam. Did oh, you just imagine just just like <laughs> instead, like just 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 his comeuppance being the end of the war, just a bunch of um, Allied soldiers coming towards him, and just Yosemite Sam just going, "Ooh, <laughs> looks like I've been on the wrong horse." And then David Bowie's hero starts playing. What the? Wait, no, the German exactly. version of David Bowie's Heroes. Exactly. This is Are you suggesting it's a remake of Jojo Rabbit with Yosemite Sam and the Sam Rockwell voice? Yosemite Sam Rockwell. Yeah, there we go. 
There we go. It writes itself. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So one thing about um, Sam throwing Daddy out the window, the snowman fire hydrant crash that's does good. feel like a classic Lady Tunes gag. That's good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's creative. I like that. But because it's it's the ghost of Christmas present, uh, Yosemite Sam basically, oh, these are all of your workers. Aren't they sad that they have to work on Christmas? Aren't you making them work on Christmas? Okay, Yosemite Sam doesn't talk like that, but you know what I'm saying. No. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it, it culminates in him taking him to Porky's place, and the whole thing is, you know, Porky wants to be home on Christmas for his daughter. I. It looks like he's a single dad. <laughs> he is. He, he, he has a line earlier where it's like, you know, since... You know, his, her mother asked, you know, mm-hmm. it's, I'm the only family she has. And yeah. it's a really damn good scene. It's a um, great scene. Bob's um, great. Great great acting on Bob Bergen's parts. Not saying that because he's into the show. We legitimately mean it. He's does a really no, good it's, job. No, it's, it's uh, a very good tug at the heartstrings scene that is occasionally punctuated by some goofy Sam and Daffy thing happening in the background. What I love is... They don't speak. It's just no. Sam going like, you see? You see? <laughs> like, kind of and like, I like that, at least. Like, like oh, yeah, look good. at this. It's good. It's human. Uh, yeah, like it that. is. Yeah. I, I will say, I do want to bring up um, a great line as they get into Porky's place. Because um, uh, um, Daffy goes up through the toilet. He's dragged through a toilet. The final indignity. Thank you, differ, Critter. This is the final indignity. Flush. I like that. But yeah, we have this very sweet um, Porky and Petunia scene where they they wish for and Petunia, Petunia's you know. room. It's very girly. Girl. There's like hearts on the wallpaper. There's a unicorn poster. There is a picture of a pony. There's. <laughs> oh my! There's a picture of Alf. <laughs> yeah, no, you notice this. Now look. This. Now look. You know. Here's this. the thing. I sent this to you, Mark, and it's a picture of when um, when Sam and Daffy are talking. We get a uh, close-up of Daffy, and we see in the background a picture frame and a picture on the wall, and I think they wanted it to be like a picture of a pig ancestor of theirs. Because of the lighting, because of the sort of way the ears are and the hair is under the cap, it looks like Alf. <laughs> I'm going to Mark, why is Alf? On Petunia's wall. Is Alf a family friend? Uncle Alf! I think what must have happened is that Porky must have had a problem with a cat, so Alf ate it. And they've been forever indebted to him. (laughs) Sure! So, so I'm like, okay, I guess Alf is canon in the Looney Tunes world. (laughs) Sure! Oh... You, could you just uh, imagine Marvin the Martian? Oh, I don't talk about him anymore. <laughs> he knows what he did on Jupiter. <laughs> and then at the same time, they do the, the close-up of Sam, and why is there a hidden Mickey in Sam's wreath? <laughs> this isn't a Disney project. No. No, because the Disney product's better. Anyways, um... <laughs> So it's this very nice, you know, like, oh, you see, maybe you should be better and, like, not, and, like, let your employees live their lives. Also, something to point out, um, 
Petunia's perfectly healthy in this. Yeah, she's not dying. Perfectly healthy. There is no dead kids in this. No. And that's a Warner promise. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, there's no kids. To be fair, there's no dead kids in uh, Muppet Christmas Carol either. So there you go. Well, that's one of the best parts of it. Um, right, yes, who did not die. Yes, but, who did um, not die? Right, but that one infers that Tiny Tim dies. This one does not have that yeah. at all. No. Not even the future it's for the says kids. they're dead, kid. It's for the kids. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So we're, we're back at, at Taffy's place, and... And and Bugs is, 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 you know, oh, you better be careful. I hear the third ghost is the worst of all. What am I even doing at this point? Um, Obviously, you know, the third one is going to be Taz as the Ghost of Christmas Future. And so Daffy begs Bugs to hide him. And then we get the best part of the movie. <laughs> where Bugs looks at the camera and goes, he makes this too easy. And then she uses this as some fodder for gag, like throwing him in a washing machine, throwing him in the dryer, shooting him all throughout the the store. It's great. It's what this should have been more of. That's what we've been waiting for. It's what we've wanted all along. (laughs) We did that last week as well, didn't we? Uh, Uh, I, I think so, but this one, we really mean it. Yes! It's legitimate Looney Tunes stuff! Yeah! Where the fuck was this the last 32 minutes? We're about, like, what, like, 35 minutes in? Yeah! And we're finally getting, like, really good Looney Tunes stuff. Yes! For, uh, like, 40 seconds, and then Taz drags us back into the Ghost of Christmas future, and we do... Oh, no, not the plot! Yeah, and it's... Yeah, you know... It, it's it's exactly what you expect, you know. Daffy is dead, and nobody really mourns him, and yada yada. There is a, a decent line of of him being thrown um, into a, a headstone that says "I am dead" on it, which it's not the best headstone gag you can do, but it's good for an easy laugh. Yeah, and then we, we pan over, well, and we see that the only people. Yeah. I mean, Daffy does say this place has a distinctly Halloweeny vibe to it. Yeah, because this was released on October thirty first. Get with the program, Warner. So we pan over to Porky and Petunia, who again is alive, and and you know, and, and there's a good line here that they're at Daffy's grave, and Porky says, you know, because like Daffy says, "Oh, what is he worried about? I gave them employment. Like I'm a good person." And then immediately Porky says, "Daffy tried to leave his story to himself in his will, which of course is illegal." As a result, Lucky Duck has been closed, and we're all out of jobs. He's he's basically explaining it very flagrantly for the audience. He's expositing, you know. Yeah, but like, that's a funny line. It is, you know. (laughs) And and again, you know, it's like the last scene with with, uh, Petunia and Porky. It's very cute. It's like, you know, they they wish that, that, that Daffy... You know that there is still good in him, and had a family. It it it's very sappy, and it's Petunia leaving these cookies out for his grave, and it it it's uh. it's very sappy. Though I did love the line from Petunia. So if you're up there watching, probably down, or down there in your case, like even the child knows Daffy probably went to hell. Oh, of course he did. Okay, and only do it once. Um, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's you've seen it before. It's Daffy realizes the error of his ways, and you know, the even Taz is sobbing at this scene, and you know, and and as I said before, I don't think that rationally knowing Daffy's character, this would be enough to put him over the edge, but it's a very emotional scene, and sure, because there's five minutes left, let's end the fucking thing, and I guess he has the error of his ways. So he goes back to where he was and shakes everybody out of a stupor, wakes up of sleeping snow-covered yeah, Elmer Fudd. A, a snow-covered Elmer. And he says, it's time to save Christmas! It was gonna happen with or without you, duck! This isn't the Grinch! What do you think you're doing? Yeah, what the hell Which... <laughs> that is one of the last lines in this about the Grinch, but yeah, it's like save, this isn't about Daffy Duck saving Christmas. No, that was never what the. Christmas it's about him being about nice to his employees, and you know he, exactly he brings everybody into the store and and tells them that they all have vacations. And I don't know if he gave them off on Christmas though. It's implied. Uh, fine. I think so. Sure, I'll give fine. him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and also, I just love when doing all, all this stuff, it's like, you know, like, Marvin, here's a rocket ship, and it's actually Marvin's ship from Duck Dodgers. That's nice. Wiley, here's some food prepared by the chef from French Rarebit. That, that's gotta be the deepest cut in this. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, Hippity Hopper and Biggie Buzzard showed up in, like, a montage, but... The chef from French Rabbit, which we haven't even covered yet. Somehow we haven't, yeah. <laughs> Somehow, like, like, I don't know why, it's a really, really good one. Yes, we're but, good. Um, also, also uh, I always love it's like, hey, here you go, Wiley, and just o- opens the, um, the, uh, uncovers the dish, and it's the roadrunner goes meet me, but then runs, runs. <laughs> And then why has that still chase? But instead, it's just a roast chicken. I don't even think he likes chicken, but all right. Yeah, sure. You know, they got to end it anyway. Um, (laughs) Foghorn Leghorn has some scratch dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) This is my favorite thing. So, they cut like a party. It's like Aaron and Simon talking. And it's just Foghorn Leghorn talking to Pete Puma. No, they couldn't get Sam Freeberg. No. So, it's just... So, it's just Joe Alasky as as Foghorn. And all he says is... I say, I say... There was a scratch line that they recorded and forgot to write a new line for. Exactly. Uh, they tried. Um, yeah, so so then we get this, you know, this ending where Daffy's realizing, wait a minute, everyone gets monthly vacations, I'm giving everyone raises... Wait a minute. I'm going to be losing. What should I do? Should I steal all the presents? There's a good reference. Should <laughs> I cut back everyone's patience? And then Petunia gives Daft Daffy the cookie that he saw on the gravesite. It's like, here you go, Mr. Duck. And that was nice. Yeah. It's a very that cute That was ending. nice. It's very yeah. cute. And right. also, Porky gets um, promoted to store manager because, you know, yeah. Christmas Carol. And one more thing I want to bring up, because the, they introduced the whole Pepe and Penelope thing earlier. Oh, and yeah. so, Pepe is trying to make him, you know, something happens, and Penelope decides she's going to make the move on Pepe. Yeah, Penelope does it. Penelope gets to be on top of this Christmas. Good night. <laughs> yeah.
I honestly don't know why that happened to be honest with you. Like, what happened? Like, did, uh, I have no idea. Thing. Um, oh, Speedy get, gets a present, and like Daffy says, Fleas Navi Dad wrong. It's like, yeah, close it's, enough. Um, Fleas something. Fleas Egg and Nog or some shit. Anyway, so Fleas then, Eggnog. Where? So they pan back. We see Bugs. Oh, oh, oh actually, no, the, the ghosts are there too. They're like, oh, he did it. And, okay, for some reason, I don't know why, I don't remember much when I first saw this, but for some reason, I remember you said me, Sam, saying, wow, the critter sure went and done it. I don't know why. Yeah. I just remember that. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, yeah, he does say that. Yeah, and then we end with uh, Bugs Bunny doing a very great for the trailer line of, I just love the holidays. Yeah. And then... We get a That's All Folks from Porky Amateur. Yeah, that's kind of true. You know, it's fine. That's cute. And then we're out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, this worked pretty well as a Christmas Carol adaptation, but badly as a Looney Tunes showcase. Um, <clears throat> not a lot of great gags. Some good lines, but a lot was on the nose. Um, a lot of sacrifice to make this geared towards kids rather than a wide audience. Uh, it does pull those wholesome strings, especially in the ending, but it's not very funny. It feels like a quota fulfillment rather than actual inspired time. It's not terrible, but it's not quite a highlight for the Looney crew in this era. Yeah, I mean, it's a good time killer. Yeah. 45 minutes, an hour with commercials, which you can tell they have cut fade to black for clearly yeah, they're supposed do. to be commercials. So this, it's... It's a Christmas Carol send-up that doesn't get to its Carol center until a little over halfway through. Yeah. It's very much like, it's a cut-down adaption. It chooses to pick and choose what parts of the story to keep. You know, we have a Tiny Tim-type character, but we don't kill him off in the future. We have ghosts, but it's so, because it's only 45 minutes, it's very short. I mean... It's longer than in um, Looney Christmas Tales. Because I think that one, it was just like, the bugs merged all the ghosts together into one ghost or something like that. Like, it wasn't even formatted correctly. But this one was just... I don't know. I mean, there's like only one or two truly loony moments. And even then, it happens a bit too little too late to, to like get like on my good side, I yeah. guess. Um, just the structure is just weird. Voice cast is great. Maybe the bugs would be better. Um, as one of the few morsels of new Bluetooth content we got in this era, it's fine. Though I think we probably could have had a better time just watching the fourth Golden Collection and just spend the 45 minutes watching... Lean two cartoons instead. Yeah. It's for what it is, it's fine. It's just, you know. So I'm giving this a two point five out of five. I'm also giving this a two point five out of five animals. Yeah, it's fine. You know. It's not the greatest, not the worst. It's, it's a Christmas carol by the Cleveland Tunes. It's fine. Also, what even classifies a movie anyway? <laughs> Like, seriously, 45, it's a special. It's a special, pretty much, but, you know, it was released on video. All right. 
Let's see what you guys had to say about this. Were you doing the voice as well? Let's see what you guys have to say about this. No. Let's see what you guys had to say about Bahumduck, a Louis Tunes Christmas. TM. First comment this week is from friend of the podcast Cody at the Whisper of Sea. Uh, he says he really loved uh, Baham Duck when it aired on Cartoon Network. For some reason, I could never find it on TV again after that one year. Um, I feel like they must have done this again once or twice afterwards, although maybe not as much as I'm remembering. They definitely aired Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. Oh, fuck that. And, <laughs> and Wacko's Wish, which, okay, I, I remember that because for a long time... If you ever want to watch Animaniacs on TV, you had to wait till December where Cartoon Network would air Wacko's Wish. Yes. It was the only way you could watch Animaniacs on TV, and it was very weird. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that in full um, in years. and I Maybe we should do that for one of our movie episodes. <laughs> huh. Yeah, why not? It's an idea. Yeah. It's a... It's presented as an actual movie. Yeah. So that's good. It's a movie. Uh, yeah, and it's got Animaniacs writers, so it'll probably be good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Cody. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We got a comment here from James Rowley at James Rowley 21 who said that this is a pretty good retelling of A Christmas Carol, while not as good as the Muppets version. Yeah, no duh. Which, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no duh. Uh, Baham Doug is still a fun watch with great voice acting, especially from Joe Lasky, Bob Bergen, and Billy West. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's great to hear Joe, um, mm-hmm. as always, doing Daffy, and it's nice to hear Bob be porky and do a really good performance. And Billy West is amazing. Yeah. You know, uh... It's uh, what's great about a lot of these 2000s Looney projects is that they have this murderer's row of great voice actors, of people that you know are going to deliver great stuff, and it includes people like you know like Joe Lasky, Bob Bergen, Billy West, Gary Michael Richardson, sometimes um, Fred Tattashore, um, Kenny Milo, June Foray. When they can get that crew and really use them to the best of their advantage, then like you know. It's really just a matter of whether or not the content's good. And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. And this time, um, it was somewhere in the middle. Okay. But, um, yeah, no, it's definitely not the voice actor's fault. I mean, they were great. So, yeah, thank you, thank you guys for your comments this week. Yeah, good stuff. Before we get into what we're doing um, for the next ten or so, um, I want to just make it clear that uh, we are planning on making... Uh, our next movie episode, or our next, well, not our next movie episode, but the next um, multiple of 10 episode, we are making a little bit bigger, because um, that is going to be our 100th episode. Um, mm-hmm. To say the least, we have some plans for that one. It's not going to be a movie, but we have plans for it. Um, the next movie episode we're going to be covering, which won't be for another like 20 or so, uh, will be Rabbit Run which was the uh, Looney Tunes show movie. Yeah. A movie I have not seen. Neither have I. I've seen bits and pieces of it. So that'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Until then, we have some fun stuff for the next nine or so episodes. So, we're doing a miniseries on a very particular type of Looney Tunes media. It's not the albums. It's not music. It's not that. No, it's um. No. television 
day after day. Oh, whoa, not a hill. <laughs> no. Man with a full wish, Gwyn is sitting perfectly still. Yes, you're so close. We're literally at the end. You're like, oh, I, I could wait. I can hold this off. I cannot do it. But no. No. So. No. Here's what we're doing the next nine. We're going to be covering Looney Tune television specials. TV specials. Yes. Sort of like the one we just covered. <laughs> yeah. Except this time, they are promoted and advertised and operated as television specials. And we're doing, look, if it aired on TV, or it can be accessed on TV, it counts. Because, um, the first one we're doing, we're, uh, we're continuing our weird quasi-Christmas in May theme with, um, a, probably the most recent holiday s special they've, they've done. It's, um, Bugs Bunny's 24-carat holiday special. It's from the, the yeah, from the HBO Max people. So we're doing another Christmas special. Yes. Because, you know, we, we're already doing one now. Might as well just do another one. Happy week. May. Yeah. No, but we got some exciting stuff coming up. We're going to be covering 24-carat holiday special. We're going to be covering Daffy Duck's Easter excitement special. And not just conventional stuff, we're also going to be look, taking a look at Bugs and Daffy's Carnival of the Animals. Ah, yes. Which was Chuck Jones' foray back into Looney Tunes in the 1970s. So that's yes. going to be interesting. I'm totally not worried as hell on how the hell we're going to talk about that in an entertaining fashion. But we'll manage. Um, yeah, we usually do. We're also going to be talking about some other... Um, Contemporary television things, a lot, including the Lord Michaels produced um, 40th anniversary special. No, the, uh, the the 50th, the 50th anniversary special, which has always been a very interesting one to me. Yes, um, and some other weird ones. We saved the weird ones for last because the ones we have coming near the end of this thing is it, it's not that they're bad, just what we've seen of them. It's crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. just... Yes. And that will lead to our 100th episode, which is going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned Oh, I'm for excited that. for our oh, 100th. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, but yeah, no, be prepared for some fun um, uh, specials coming up, and uh, starting with a uh, pretty recent one. So the, that'll be fun to tide us over. And yeah. then... And then sometime after the 100th, we'll get back to talking to about um, Golden Age stuff again. All right. So that's the end of this week's episode. If like you up with us on Twitter, you can follow me at Mark Hallam1995. And you can follow me at Tall Schmidt. If like you up with the podcast or give your thoughts for next week's episode, you can follow at that underscore loony or type in the podcast title. We are the first result. You can also find our podcast wherever podcasts are readily available. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Player FM, Anchor, Stitcher, Amazon Music. Um... I don't have a joke one to end this. Um, so, all of those. Alright, so until next week, I'm Mark. And I'm Jordan, and once again, Happy Halloween. <laughs> and Merry I guess Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> we'll see you next we'll week. We'll see you next week. Ho, ho, ho. And mwahaha. <laughs> <laughs>